covered from your 21st birthday. Intro. <laughs> this is the intro. Oh, this is intro. <laughs> Have you recovered from your 21st birthday? Um, just about. It wasn't the 21st birthday, though. It was, uh, it was two weeks of hard Cambridge balls, sessions, parties. Yeah. And then I woke up on Monday morning and I couldn't speak. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the Neil and Al <laughs> podcast. We're back. With a bang, this is episode number four. We have a very, very special guest. I'm very sure special. Very special. Yeah. My beautiful, wonderful sister, Joanna J. Wilson. Welcome Hello, Joanna. to the podcast. Hello. Hello. Good morning. Good we are morning. here to engage, inspire, and put a smile on your face every single day, aren't we, son? Absolutely, Daddy. It feels weird now because I'm here with my sonny and my daughter. Tea. Special guest. <laughs> who's your, your favourite? <laughs> well, we'll build up to that. I need to uh, one, like... <laughs> I want to ask you one or two questions later and then we'll find out who's my favourite. So we're going to dive into, obviously, I want to jump straight in. Go on then. Joanna has just graduated at Cambridge University with a 2-1. Boom. Yes! Thank that you very is much. amazing, amazing, amazing. So are we going to talk about the graduation ceremony then? Or? We oh, will do. Oh my Lord. <laughs> that was weird. Oh we will, my we will Lord. do. Can we just go back a little bit, though, because the graduation at the weekend is the end and we want to go to the start, don't we, Charles? Okay. Yeah, we're going to ask you one or two questions about... Um, Can I just say, why didn't you call the Charles? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I get, we get asked that all the time, don't we, on the, on the social? Why do you call her Charlie? There's the actual th- story's worse than, like, the actual story's pretty rubbish. Yeah, like, people go, oh, is, the... is that it? Is that yeah. it? Well, tell the story, then. So basically, um, I'm sure everyone's seen the Charlie bit my finger video. Charlie. Yeah, yeah that yeah. one, Charlie. And basically, we were in London. I think it was for one of your competitions. It might have been the UK school games. Mm. And me and mum and dad went to like see all the sites and stuff in London. And mum hates bridges. <laughs> yeah, I know that. Yeah, yeah so it's mom, about the water going yeah, underneath. Mum really it? doesn't like walking across bridges, basically. And... It was Millennium Bridge, was it? Yeah. We were walking over and she was in the state and she was marching. She was looking up, wasn't she? And we were were just ganging up on her like we always do. And basically we were going, Sally, Sally, like winding her up. And then for some reason we just started calling each other Charlie. Charlie, yeah. And it's stuck ever since. There's every variation on Charlie. There's Charlie, Charlie, Charles, Chops, Chopperdoodle, all these different variations. Mm -hmm. But it's stuck, hasn't it? Yeah. It's hard to get rid well, of. Well, I will call you J. J. Okay. J. Yeah. J. J. A. Y. J. A. Y. Spelled J. A. Y. Yeah. That's my and middle name, not my first name. J. A. Y. But it fits very well. J. J. W. Anyway, so sorry, Dad. Back to the well, start. I, I want. I want to talk about two things. I want to talk about. I, I'm hoping to hear a lot um, about what it's like to be Niall's sister. To be and and that links into. Um, which I think people will find really interesting, being a sibling of somebody that is a, um elite sportsman and a, and a, a star in their, their own sport. Um, and that, that, that link to your academic career with it, where you have absolutely smashed it. So academically you've got, and we'll, you can talk about it through your A-levels, going from a public school to, you know, to be an Oxbridge uh, student to go to Cambridge University and then not only go through Cambridge University at the end of your degree course in three years get a 2-1 which we've spoken about so but so if we can go back to the start and t- you know talk about um you and what your mem- memories are of being a because you've spoken to me about it a couple of times because gymnastics feels like it it was just part of our life and your life all the time wasn't it yeah well I didn't really know any different I mean from the age of about four me and mum usually sometimes me and you sometimes me gran and john would spend from five till nine every single day at the gym club. And for me, that was just normal. And I didn't realise that that wasn't normal until later in life when I found out that people actually had a childhood. <laughs> people actually had a life. <laughs> um, and they didn't spend their childhood in a gymnastics um, facility. But yeah, I just got on with it and every, all the mums at the gyms loved me and I got on with all the mums and I did my homework, if I had homework and I just sort of was there all the time because it was at an age as well where we couldn't really just leave Niall in the gym. So when Niall first started at Carnegie, he was five years old and mum wasn't comfortable leaving Niall there. And mum also used to cut hair there for to raise money for the club. 
So I just spent basically most of my childhood at Leeds Met University in Carnegie why Nile trained. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it won't just maybe leaving me there is also it was a thirty minute drive on it. So you yeah. you'd yeah, get there at five and then you'd have to drive all the way back, get home for half five, six with the traffic. And all of a sudden two hours later you're gonna have to set off all the way back for another thirty minute drive. It just made it yeah. sense to stay there. But you made a lot of friends. I mean, you say you didn't have a childhood. Yeah, that that was a joke. No, I know, <laughs> but there was a lot of people there and you made a lot of relationships and friends that yeah, are still of course. stick and today. Yeah, I was going to say, I'd, I'd consider the gymnastic circle that's built and they're your friends, of course, but we're like a big family, aren't they? All the families of all the gymnasts and all the siblings and all the friends and all mm. everyone knows each other, everyone gets along with each other because we've all been on this same journey from the gymnast being the age of five or six all the way up until now. Yeah, and I think that's some of what you touched upon. You didn't know any different. I and you realised later in life. I certainly didn't know any different as well. You know, at the time, I I couldn't comprehend how much my family was sacrificing for my career. Yeah. For my, I just knew I loved gym, and that was what we were focused on. But to the the trips, the time it was four hours every single night, Monday to Friday. You know, I went. Remember, we got on from school. We eventually were in the same. We were in the same primary school. The same. Eventually, in the same high school. Used to get picked up at ten past three, go straight home. You know, have to be at the gym for five, have some food, drive straight to the gym, and nine p.m. We get home at nine thirty, quarter to ten. We'd all have tea at ten o'clock. Yeah, at night. that's one thing that sticks with me that people just couldn't can't believe when I still tell them is. So dad worked full time as well. So by the time we were home from school, we'd not seen dad because dad was still at work. Yeah, and dad very rightly so made this big thing about okay, we're all going to sit and have dinner together because that's the only time in the day where we could all, as a family, yeah. sit down together. So the fact that from the age of, what, five and seven, we ate our dinner at 9.30 at night, every, yeah. every single every night. night. And if, when I tell people that, they literally can't believe it because they'd be in bed by that time, they'd be asleep, they'd have yeah, their yeah. dinner at five and then they'd be in bed by half eight. And that in itself was a huge sacrifice and people might look at you and think, like, why did you do that? But... I think for us, that makes us the family that we are as well because we made that time to, as a unit, as a four, every single night, sit down and spend that half an hour, hour together. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'd say my, my relationship with my dad, with you, perhaps, is it only really developed to, to what it is today from the age of 16 when I left school because zero from when I started school at five to when I finished at 16... I spent more time with my gymnastics coach than my own dad. Yeah, you did, yeah. In, in collectively. Yeah. You know, I was training five to nine, Monday to Friday, Saturday mornings, you'd go play golf. You know, the, the only real time we spent with each other was on a weekend, on a Sunday. And I'd all, obviously for tea every night. But I, I really, I don't know whether you'd shed some light on this. You, the way our relationship was a family, I felt I was a, a lot closer to mum and you two were a lot closer in a sense. It, it felt like that throughout the whole of the childhood because obviously you spent more time together and then mum, the reality was, you know, nine times out of 10, mum would take me to gym and pick yeah. me up from gym. So I spent all that time in the car with her every single night talking. She, you know, she looked after me, she took us to school, she picked us up from school. So I was kind of a mummy's boy and you were a daddy's girl yeah, in an essence. Definitely. And I felt like when I'd when we'd come out of that, yeah, it was actually weird our relationship initially because I didn't know what to say to you. And you probably didn't know what to say to me. <laughs> <laughs> it was like getting the cards. So the odd time you picked me up, it was like, Do you have a good session, son? I'd be like, yeah. Enjoyed it. And then and then, <laughs> and then do you know what I mean? I had, I was it's it's probably reality for a lot of sports men and women. I was I had a close not close relationship. But I spent more time with my coach and it was just like, I think feel like the connection, the father-son connection, it took a long time to really, obviously look at us today, we sat doing a podcast together, we vlog together, we've got, we ring each other every day now, but that's something to, to, well, to be said. To, I, no, I, I, again, I have to agree. I just got, just taking one step back. So um, your coach, Zar at the time, yes. And it was one thing I, I was a big advocate of in terms of, you spent more hours with him 
a coach and father figure than you did with me. If you remember as well, I worked in Glasgow, so I took the job in Glasgow and worked there for 18 months yeah. um, to further my career. But my, my, my career and what I was trying to, trying to achieve, which I did achieve in the end, A, was about my beliefs, my self-worth, what I was trying to do, you know, my self-esteem from a career perspective and financially providing for the family. Uh, and I was at a crossroads. I actually, I, I, I don't know if, if I've ever told you this. Did I, did I tell you why I wanted to relocate to Glasgow? No, no, no never. So big shock on the podcast. <laughs> so I, I, I wanted, I wanted us to relocate to, to Glasgow and go on a journey, a family journey. So you wanted us to all move up to Glasgow? Yeah, yeah. And it, you know, it was an option and it was a choice. Mum didn't, mum didn't want to do it, and and, it, and that was the right decision. Um. There was a lot of talk of gymnastics, you know, where would Niall do gymnastics in Glasgow? And I'm saying, well, it'll, it'll be Glasgow gymnastics, you know, because at that point, you remember, you know, if you go back to the, the handprint story where you said, I'm going to the Olympics, I'm still like, yeah, right, I'm bringing up a son and a daughter that I want you just do, both to be nice kids. And I want to talk about that with you as well and being in the gym. So um, I took that job in Glasgow and that was a nightmare because every Sunday when you used to drive up, you used to hang off my trousers crying and screaming and saying, don't go daddy. So, you, you know, like you were telling a story in an earlier podcast where you cried in the car for half an hour. I cried all the way to Skipton because you were doing that. Could cry now again talking about it because I was leaving you going to Glasgow, not seeing you for the week. Um, but when, what I'm building up to is to answer your question. When I came and picked you up and it was just me and you, we used to do, I used to say, I don't know if you remember this, I used to do Things like say to you, right, the record to get home is 12 minutes. Let's see if we can beat it. So it was, it was stuff that was sort of silly, yeah, silly stuff, but, you know, competitive. And you go, yeah, 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 Dad. And we watched the timer on the thing. So the, the relationship, yes, I... I Dangerous I, driving. Yeah, and we were speeding and <laughs> no, teaching, but I, being The things I remember being like, you and mum used to, early, early on, used to share, used to swap Friday nights out. Every yeah. come a Friday, mum would go out with the girls one week, dad would go out with the boys the other week. So we could not wait <laughs> for, for, for mum to go out and it'd be dad's night in because we night. just used to do stupid All the pizza. Yeah, yeah we'd like, it'd be like typical, like, like it is in the films, like fun dad. You know what I mean? <laughs> we just used well, to I do. used to do, you know, mothers generally, and again, this is this is just my take on the world, right? But mothers generally have a, have a different challenge from fathers because generally, stereotypically, men are out working and women take maternity, don't they? Yeah. So so how, how part of their development of children is through necessity of time, you know, and managing time because they have to do things. So things like, and this is always the example I use, things like getting dressed. Mum would get your clothes out and get you dressed, yeah? You know, you might have a bit of debate about what you want to wear, but and she would do that because there was a time challenge about where you used to do things. On a Friday night in, I'd say, right, come on, we're going out in the street. Put some clothes on, put your trainers on. So, so from, from a child's perspective, when you're four or five, it's like, well, I, I don't dress myself. <laughs> what do you mean? I, the, the clothes appear and they get put on me. I don't dress myself. Go get some clothes on. So you, you'd go upstairs, you'd come down with one red sock on, one green sock on, two different trainers. She goes, is this all right? I go, yeah, fine. fine. <laughs> let's, get, let's get outside. So so it, it was a different relate. By the time we got to Friday and we could spend some time together, I just wanted to have fun. I wanted us to laugh. You know, one of, my, one of the biggest things that I've always tried to do in my life is just make you laugh. I just want you to laugh. And in, in develop, you know, you were... You were exactly the same. You were a nice person doing gymnastics, getting very good at it. You were a nice person sat in the gym watching Nile do gymnastics. And I knew it because when I took you there, you spoke to people, you developed relationships. Everybody knew your name. You knew all their names. You know, at a very young age, you would go up to Vera and say, Vera, how's Tony? Is he all right? <laughs> You'd have these conversations. about hey, He broke his arm, didn't he? Is he getting any better? You know, like this little thing. Talking to people, so you, I knew you were developing in, into a nice person as well. So you, you had, you both had exactly the same things, behaved the same way, were nice people. You went down an academic route, and you gymnastics route, and I wondered whether, because people say to me, right, I'm going to say it now. I might have said it to you, but people say to me, yeah, well. Joanna will be really good at academically because Niall's so good at and she'll it'll be because Niall's good at gymnastics that she's good at things, which I think personally is complete nonsense. But I did want I did want to ask you is was did, what he was doing did that ever 
did that ever figure in what you were doing academically? Um, I always wanted to take an opportunity to beat him. <laughs> yeah. So like, he got an A in maths and I wanted to get an A star, so I'd be like better than Niall. And right. He yeah. passed his driving test third time. No one knows about that. Oh actually. God, thanks. <laughs> I passed my second, and just like any little opportunity that I could get to beat Niall was always a little personal win. But how did you? How did you feel? Because I. I got a lot of attention, a lot of, um, even before all this, that before the success, there was so much talk on it about me going to Olympics, about, you know, me, 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 Niall, you know, you sacrificed so much for me, which I'm so grateful for. How was that as a sibling? Like, did how did that impact you? I, I know the answer is in a positive way. Yeah, definitely. But did, but did you, did you? Did you struggle with, you know, because you, you got to secondary school and it was like, it's now Wilson's sister. Well, no, my name's Joanna. Joanna Wilson. Yeah. I'm Joanna. I'm my own person. I'm not anyone. So, like, did that affect you in any way? Um, To be honest, I think a lot of people always ask me the question, are you jealous? And jealous is a word I'd never, ever use about my relationship with Niall. We're best friends. We've got on. And like you say... If anything, it's impacted me in a positive way, not only as my development as a child, but also seeing how well you do. You get me involved in everything you do, being there, supporting you. I mean, yeah, I do get a lot of, oh my God, you're now and sister, blah, blah, blah. I remember the very first time that someone actually said to me, or said to you, it was at uni, and someone said to you, are you Joanna's brother? And I was like, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I would... I'd, I never ever remember in my life being like, oh my God, like this is rubbish. Niall's getting all the attention. Everyone loves Niall. I'm jealous of how well Niall's doing. I just never have ever felt that. It's always been supportive. And we've been a unit, haven't we? It's never yeah, been like, this yeah. is Niall, this is Joanna. We're a unit. So I would, I think, only positively impacting. Yeah, it's been brilliant. And it's proud when people say, you Niall's sister. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Like, Amazing. Did you, do you think myself, it, the whole situation inspired you to be where you are today, work harder, almost? Yeah, I'd say know, like, so. I mean, like you say, I never knew our oh, Joanna's academic, body, body, blah. But when I found out, okay, I'm, I'm good at this, I think it was the GCSE results was probably like when I was like, okay, I, I'm clever mm. and I can do really well. That was like, this is my thing now, so I'm going to take it and run. I've, yeah, I've yeah. found my thing. I never started gymnastics. I started cheerleading at a young age and loved that. But I was never special, special. She's the best cheerleader on the team. I just loved it. So when I found my thing in academia, I just thought, you know, I'm going to grab it and I'm going to run with it because this is my thing now. Yeah. And you've got your thing, which is gymnastics, and I've supported you and I've watched you and it's been really inspiring. And until I realised that, okay, I'm really good at this school thing, I didn't really have my thing. Yeah. And teach, and you would even say, if I said to you, at the age of even 15, would you think I'd have gone to Cambridge? you go, no. No. No, no, no. I, I knew you'd go to university. I didn't know that you'd, that you'd go to Cambridge. I, I once remember you saying to me, um, you know, when you're doing your A-levels, I remember you saying to me, this is my Olympics, Dad. Yeah, these A levels yeah. are my Olympics, and it it felt like it felt like at a time because when you were doing your A levels, Niall was doing whatever he was doing at the time, but it'll have been big stuff on a world stage. It, was, it was the Olympics. Oh, the, was it Olympics? The, All day, right. the day after Niall won his bronze medal, I got into Cambridge with my wow. A level results. Wow, I remember that the Olympic because that was when we got off the plane, wasn't it? Do you yeah, remember yeah. We had that whole flight? How long was the flight back through? Like. It was 11 now. hours and 10 minutes, and I know that because I watched the timer go down for 11 hours and 10 minutes. Because yeah. I knew when I got off the plane, I was getting my A-level results. You should have seen us in the airport as we're walking through, and Sally and, and Joanna's trying to get... You were trying to connect to the Wi-Fi, weren't you? Yeah, we so were... basically, we landed in the UK about three hours after results came out. So all my friends had gone into school and got the results. Oh, it wasn't the UK, was it? It was France. France, yeah. So all my friends had gone into school and they'd already got the results. And basically to meet my offer to get into Cambridge, I needed two A stars and an A. And my chemistry teacher had agreed that she was going to text me and text me the results that I'd got. And I actually think I've still got the text on my phone. I've not got my phone with me. I sort of read it out. 
But I still got the text and we got into the airport and we got on the Wi-Fi. So the iMessage came through and it just said, three A stars, Cambridge, here you come. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> I'm getting emotional again. We, all, we, all, just, we all just literally just started, started crying, crying our eyes out and people were looking at us like, what? We've been crying at the Olympics and then we've been crying in the airport. Oh, and, then Joanna, and I promised, and this, and this was the real bad thing about all this, because I, it was a great result, but I promised Joanna I'd buy her a bottle of champagne if she got into we went, so to that, we, we went to that champagne bar, wasn't it? And how much did it cost me? I was nearly crying. 200, 200, <laughs> 200 quid. 200 pounds or something. You can see where you get it from, can't you? Yeah. 200 pounds. I went, 200 pounds? I said, I only want one. How many am I buying? Yeah, said, you only get one. Oh, but just go back, you you were telling us, go back to what you were told when you did your, your selections for your, um, your, what do you call it? GCSEs. GCSEs, for the, the subjects. Yeah, so basically... Um, Everyone does that you choose your GCSEs at the end of year nine to then do them for year 10 and year 11. And at the time I chose them, they just brought in this new thing, which was called the English Baccalaureate. And it said that in order to get into any university, you have to do at least one language and either history or geography, so humanities in a language. And I didn't want to do it. I'd chosen my options. I'd decided they fit nicely with the timetable in a history or geography or a language was just not one of them. I don't know if you remember, we had a conversation at home about it and just said, look, I don't want to do it. Um, And I had a meeting with Miss Forster, who was an absolute... We won't say what she was an absolute, but if you're listening... listening If you're listening, Miss Forster, then thank you. Um, (laughs) What, what, for nothing? Yeah, (laughs) yeah, she said to me in that meeting, she said, if you don't do... If you do the subjects that you want to do, you'll never go to university, were her words. I love that. And right. three years later... That's inspiring, isn't it? Three yeah. years later, believe it or not, they dropped the English baccalaureate. It didn't matter what GCSEs you did to get into university anymore, and I was the only person from my school who went to Cambridge, so... Wow. Screw wow. you, Miss Foster. <laughs> Screw you. <laughs> um, what, so what would you say... So if there's if there's a younger audience that are thinking about, you know, their options and what they've got to choose, what would your advice be to somebody, considering the success you've had? Um, so I always say it's a balance between what you're good at and what you enjoy. It right. just so happened that the things that I were good at, I really enjoyed. But there is a spectrum and sometimes the subjects that you love, you're not actually great at. And sometimes the subjects you hate are really good at. So a balance between like, I want to do this because at the end of the day, no one's going to do the work for you. You've got to revise, you've got to go to the lessons, you've got to sit through all that time. So if you don't enjoy it, then don't do it. But equally, it's got to balance between, okay, what am I actually good at? Where are my strengths? Because I think they go hand in hand. If you're enjoying being there and you're good at it, then those are the subjects that are going to get you the best grades. And does enjoyment out trump being good at it for you? Yeah, I would say so. I think they go hand in hand. Hand in hand, hand hand definitely. If you you enjoy it, you're going to work harder at it. Yeah, but also if you're kind of good at something, the, the reality is a lot of the time you enjoy doing it yeah. I think if you yeah. enjoy doing something you're going to work more at it and then you're good at it yeah, if that yeah. makes sense um, but so when so you got the three A stars you then decided that you were going to apply for Cambridge what was that whole process like applying for one of the well the I assume I, I don't know much Oxford and Cambridge are the biggest univer- the biggest and highest prestige universities in the UK is well they, right? they, yeah. they tend to put them in equal because the they, well. they call it Oxbridge don't they yeah, they yeah, tend yeah, to yeah, put yeah. them in and I, I wouldn't like we don't have the knowledge to know if one is better than the other but Cambridge is slightly better Charles isn't it Absolutely. <laughs> so, 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 t- so tell me what was the what was the interview ap- application process like for Cambridge um so I actually applied to Cambridge like on a limb uh, my other four, you, you speak to people at Cambridge and all the other, you apply for five and all the other universities, they apply for a very similar vibes there. Cambridge, Durham, Edinburgh, Warwick, all sort of smart, you need high grades, stuff like that. They're all similar vibes. My other four universities that I applied for were Manchester, Birmingham, Newcastle and Liverpool. So like city, Great. party. Let's go. It was either one route or another for me and... The reason I applied was because I got four A's in my AS levels. It's all changed a bit now, but I got four A's in my AS levels and my teachers were like, Johnny, you seriously need to consider this. So I applied um, following, it's the same application process through UCAS, you do your personal statement, you do all your stuff like that. For Cambridge, you've then got to do like a supplementary questionnaire 
bit more of a personal statement, bit more you have to put exactly what UMS marks and what grades you got in each of your exams. So they have a breakdown of that. Um, and then you get invited for interview. I actually applied to Christ's College. So Cambridge is a collegiate college, so collegiate university. So there's 30 colleges and you can apply directly to a college or you can do an open application and a college can choose you. I applied to Christ's College don't actually know why I applied there, but I looked at pros and cons of each, and it was near Nando's, I think. So <laughs> <laughs> I applied to and Ben's cookies <laughs> just around the corner. Um, and they asked me to come in for interview, and on that day I had two interviews. One was more biology focused. One was more chemistry focused and maths focused. Um, they were about half an hour each, and I don't remember much from the interview apart from that it was all right they said like that everyone says don't if you come out of a Cambridge interview thinking I smashed that you didn't it's supposed to be challenging it's supposed to be hard and I just remember coming out and just thinking what a great experience no matter what the outcome and it was okay like they pushed me there were some things I didn't know I tried my best and then from the interview to when it comes out, whether you've got an offer or not, is about a month, a month and a half. And what had happened in that time, unbeknown to me until I got my offer, was I'd been put into what's called the pool. So if Christ have six places for natural sciences, but they interview eight people that they think are good enough to get into Cambridge, they put those extra two people in the pool. And what other colleges can do is then pick the good students out of the pool to come to their college. And that's what Homerton did with me. So I did my undergraduate at Homerton College at Cambridge, um, which I'm now pleased that I didn't go to Christ and I did go to Homerton and it was a brilliant experience. But yeah, I found out in January um, that I'd got an offer from Homerton and that it was two A stars and an A. And then obviously I had to work extremely hard in the next six months to get that offer. And what, we, then what did you do at Cambridge? The circle. I did natural sciences at Cambridge. That's what we're, we're experts in. <coughs> we're experts in natural sciences, aren't we? <laughs> what's going on but I think it's worth talking about. I, I have seen, and, and you've told me a lot, a lot of parents and people come to you, so while we, obviously you must be so proud mm. with what we've achieved, um, but I've also said, and I hate it so much, the, 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 I've heard people say, wow, you're so lucky to have such great kids. So lucky, you know, and I, and I just, I hate that because, you know, and, and it often comes from parents who probably have challenges with their children or, or kids or upbringing and they've not had the greatest and not had any the successes that they maybe wanted them to have. But it's it's so far from luck. It makes me laugh. You know, it, it it's all to do with the upbringing, the parenting. You know, like what you and mum did with us, and and we're talking about it all the time on this podcast. And obviously, you never tell anyone how to parent the kids. But it's so far from luck. And I think our two different paths in our careers, one being sport, one being academia, this still the success comes from still the same values and how we've been brought up to be nice people, but then the work ethic, the ambition, you know, the, the qualities, it's still exactly the same thing. There's so transferable skills in it, in everything. We've totally like, look, Cambridge science, out of my league. I won't dream of it. It would be my worst absolute nightmare. But then the same for you, it'd probably be your worst nightmare to perf perform in front of 15,000 people doing a spot. So like, let's talk about that because I, I, I just see people looking... And, and seeing success and seeing a family with, with great results and just thinking, wow, well, how have they done that? And, and jo well, Joanna must be really smart. That's lucky she'll born with that. Niall must be really talented and he's got some physical attributes and he can perform. He's lucky he was born with that. And it's just, I hate it because it's not the case. And, you know, like, no one sees, people listen to this podcast, no one's seen what we've put ourselves through, how much work we've put in. We were talking about it last the other night at the at the party at the graduation, you, I have no idea what you've been through, you've no idea what I've been through. But the reality is, it's so much work, day in day out. I said it in the in the party video. You know, I, I get messages from Joanna. She's similar to my manager. We've we've had him in the last podcast. Up at five a.m., bed at midnight. You know, grafting, 
the whole time. I get messages every morning at stupid o'clock. You know, you, we'll talk about it. You are not have not just been focused on a degree. You've also been helping me with everything that I do, with everything. And we'll talk a little bit. You cut into each of the businesses. You manage a lot of my social media stuff, my, my admin, my emails. And we sat, I wouldn't be sat here without you today. Whilst you're doing a Cambridge degree, revising, working, studying eight plus hours every single day while setting up your own business. You know, it's it's not... It, well, it's, it links... Look, this is, again, this is my opinion. I keep clarifying this. It links, it's, it's about beliefs, isn't it? Your beliefs drives you, your attitude. So, and you know, one of the most important things is language. So from a language perspective, if your son says to you, I want to play football for Liverpool, and you say, you'll never do that. You're not good enough. It's not going to happen. Nobody from this town's ever played for Liverpool. You ain't going to do it. So you start driving them beliefs at a young age. Me and Sally... Me and Sally always tried, didn't always get it right, because we always made a mistake, made you both believe that you could do anything and do anything you wanted. And that was, the, that was the, you know, the belief system. So the language that we used, you know, going back to the story I said earlier, we go get your clothes on. Can I do this? Yes, you can. Whether you could or you couldn't, in my opinion, is irrelevant. It's just, in, it's just it's instilling that belief into you that you can. Yeah. So, so I, you know... I had people say to me, you shouldn't say that they can do things when they're not going to be able to do it. I said, well, if I keep telling them they can't do things, they'll always believe they yeah. can't do things. So so la- language language is very, very important. And then when you start, can, can I just touch on the, the pride thing? And then I'll I'll hand over to you, Joanna. But loads and loads of people came up to me saying, you must be really proud of Niall, you must be really proud of Joanna. And I, I sometimes felt embarrassed because it's almost like they're saying to me, you must be really proud of your children because I'm not proud of mine, you know, because of what they've achieved. What they've achieved links to pride. Medals up there links to pride. 2.1 result at Cambridge all links to pride. You know, results-focused, outcome-focused on pride. Yet pride... Joanna, uh, so I always tell a story. No, Sally does Jimmy Kins, a little boy who used to come to Jimmy Kins every week, um, and at the end of the session, they'd all sing a nursery rhyme together. I'm going to call him Martin. It wasn't his name. Martin, it's, Joanna, Sally would say, it's nursery rhyme time. Martin would say, not for me. Go sit on his chair. You know, so if you don't take part, you go sit on your chair. Week two, week three, week three. Are you singing, Martin? No. I'm not. Go sit on his chair. Are you singing, Martin? No. Go sit on his chair. Yeah? So this happened every single week. Week five, are you singing, Martin? Yeah. I'm going to give it a go. I'll sing the nursery rhyme. So Sally like. Okay, so Martin sings the nursery rhyme with the group of people. This is a nursery rhyme with two, three-year-old kids, a nursery rhyme. So off they go to get dressed. Mum comes in, Sally goes over and says, you won't believe it, Martin sung the nursery rhyme with everybody. Mum starts crying her eyes out, crying uncontrollably. Sally starts crying. Martin's going, what's up with you, too? <laughs> you know, so that... That what the way that that mother felt in that moment is pride. That's where pride comes from. Pride comes from self-esteem and achievement, and what you believe about yourself. And your parents' pride come from what you see in your son. Not doing a nursery rhyme, yeah. Not winning gold medals. Not getting degrees. It's about being brave, yeah. Being passionate. Believing you can do it, a different belief system that drives the pride, and that, in that, in my opinion, that's where pride comes from. Yeah. Pride comes from doing a nursery rhyme, jumping off a beam, going up and staging assembly and winning a prize. There, it's all the same. Pride it's doesn't same have different feelings. levels. It's the same feelings about how you feel about your kids. Yeah, well, ultimately, that mum felt the exact same as you felt when Niall stood up and got his bronze. Exactly. The there is the no difference. Same. No difference. The exactly exact same. the same. Well, I just would say on your point about the belief. I think there, there wasn't a there was never a delusional stage, you know. Like, uh, of course, th- there was some realism to it all as well. But what you did instill is the, the understanding of discipline, the yes. understanding of hard work. You know, it was like, yeah, now you can be Olympic champion, Joanna. You can be a Cambridge student if you, if you work, work hard, hard enough. Exactly. Yeah. But it wasn't. You're not gonna this this whole thing about you know the secret. You know, the, I'm starting to believe in a little bit of this universe thing you know th- th- if you believe hard enough you say you're going to do it things will come to you but 
Yeah, but you've got to back it up with the with the freaking work. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. you've got to, and then that's one thing that we, you know, and, and we didn't we didn't come from the top. We came from a humble background. You worked hard. My mum worked hard. We were around that. You know, we we weren't rich and blah blah blah. It was it was a humble background. We worked. We built up the ladder. You know, and we we saw the success in you of how hard you worked and you instilled that in us and I think that is the key point to all this it's like we've had the success it is not luck it is hard work belief passion ambition and just making things happen every yeah, single day absolutely you can but you can believe as long as you like in sat in your lounge that you're going to have the best lawn in the world can't you don't get the lawn out of the shed does it you've got to go cut the grass you have got the best lawn in the world perhaps yeah, easily yeah can we put a picture up of that <laughs> Yeah, so talking about this and talking about hard work and passion and desire, the weird thing for me of going from school to then going to to Cambridge was the fact that, okay, my whole academic career at school at Pudsey Grangefield, without blowing my own trumpet, I was the best in the class. I always got the highest grades. The teachers loved me. My friends knew that Joanna was the cleverest. If there was awards, I won them. You can imagine then, so at my school, there is me. Take me out of there and put me into Cambridge. Everyone is me. Yeah. Everyone's the top of the class. Everyone was that person at their school. Everyone got the awards. Everyone got the three A stars. And it's almost, it's a difficult adjustment to go from being the best to being a small fish in a big pond where yeah, yeah. everyone around you has done what you've done and better. People did five A-levels. People speak six languages. People are Olympic athletes at the same time as doing their degrees. And that was a difficult adjustment. But I always say, and I said it to Dad a couple of weeks ago, if we got the grades for our degree, yeah, I got a 2-1 and I'm buzzing with it. But if we got the grades that reflected how hard we work, every single person at Cambridge University would get first because that work ethic is another level and I've seen it and I've done it and it's not just me that's grinding from half seven in the morning to ten at night or lunchtime till five the next morning everyone's doing it and that in itself is it's daunting and it's a strange place to be in Cambridge during exam term but it's also an inspiring place because Everyone you're surrounded, you're by, surrounded everyone by everyone on the same journey. And like I say, we all deserve firsts and yeah. we all deserve the best grades. But it's coming. And you said to one of my friend's um, parents on Saturday night, you, you said, do you, do you think it's parenting? Do you think it's the way you brought her up? Or what do you think? And she said, I think it's both. She said, we've taught her and we've developed her as a person. But the only person that's done the work is her yeah. And you've got to want to do the work and you've got to want to get the degree, get the Olympic medal, get the promotion, get the whatever it is. And at the end of the day, you can have these values instilled into you, but unless you're going to use them, and I've witnessed so many people doing that in so many different fields, that's where success comes from. And that's where, like you said, pride. I Pride is not me getting a first or getting a 2-1, it's me hand on heart going into an exam and knowing there is nothing more I could have done prior to that exam than I did. And I can hand on heart say that. That's where I'd start to go and I wish this, I wish that, I could have done this, I could have done that. Every single one of my exams in my finals, I hand on heart could not have done anymore. So the results are relevant. I'm just proud to have got to that stage and to have sat the exams and to have done the best I could. And I genuinely believe I did the best I could. That's amazing. Bloody Sorry. It's inspiring. <laughs> it's unbelievable. So you and how did you balance the kind of the, the doing the degree and then being part of Niles businesses? Did did that help or hinder? For me it helped. I always say that I'm best when I'm busy. So yeah. now's a bit of a weird time for me because I've got all these days and I've so I've got nothing to do. Well, I've, it's I've it's got, like you've reti- I've retired. It's yeah. like you've retired from gymnastics. I've, I've yeah. got things to do, but it's not a set structure. And for me, if I know, right, I've got a lecture at nine and then I've got an hour to revise in between, then I've got a lecture at 11, then I've got to come home and then I've got a supervision, then I'm doing this and I've got an hour to get my food in and then I'm going to cheer. 
Mm. If that's what my day is, I will be 10 times more efficient if you say, right, John, you've got a free day, do it. And you're going to start vlogging now, eh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like and subscribe, get your cheeky yeah, plugs out. <laughs> realistically, in the next forthcoming weeks, I'm going to have to do that for myself and I'm going to have to create my own structure and I'm going to have to create my own timetable because that's how I'm most efficient. So back to your question, I know that, right, if I go at the, to the gym at six in the morning, I spend half an hour on the bike, I can do all the admin on my phone and then it's done for the day. So do Niall's emails if that's what needs doing, help some stuff with all the different the body bible nw clothing all that sort of stuff speak to luke do all that if i do that in the first half an hour of my day then i'm like right i've got the rest of the day to crack on yeah, yeah. you work so hard but i think it was, it was so nice for me to be able to you know i'll, I'll say this out there at cambridge you can't get a job you can't earn money you, you, you're practically nine to five more if you want to achieve a degree i think it was so nice for me to be on this journey and be able to you know the reality was you and you were making more money at Cambridge than than some are even on a starting salary after Cambridge with the businesses and what we were yeah. doing. So I, it filled me with immense pride to be able to, and I didn't always get it right. And I took you for granted because of how good you were and then particularly in the rough times for me. And I'm so grateful for everything that you are doing and what we're doing. And when it's good, we're excited and we, we're the best, aren't we? Like, yeah, definitely. You are the best person I would ever have working with me, 100%. And I'm sure when I'm at my best, you'd say the same about me. But it was so nice as a brother to be able to, I don't know it wasn't about that, about the money, but, you know, to be able to give you a path of three years and to be able to still help you earn and, and open your eyes to the different bits of the world. Because I think, I don't know whether you want to touch upon it, I and mean, I know we're going to probably wrap the podcast, the podcast, but I hate, I hate the educational system. Yeah. Like, I hate it. I, I mean, no, I... It's, it's, I've got to be careful what I say, really. You know, I, I didn't I didn't enjoy school. I was an athlete. I just wanted to be in the gym all the time. But then also I've been on this journey where I, I left school at 15 years old, took exams early. And the reality was I, I'm a bright button as well. If I'd have put in the work that you did to your ac academia, I would have potentially got the, the results. Well, you'd have been successful. Uh, you know, 100%. Hard, got, yeah. yeah, so, but I still got A's in my GCSEs with... You know how much I didn't revise. I didn't. I barely did anything. You know, it wasn't something for me. I left school at fifteen, and I've been on this journey with the, my mum. Mum was always like, "Oh, we, I want you to keep going." You were like, "You can always go back." I, I don't need to go back. I will never will. And creating wealth, you know, things like business, entrepreneurship, it, it it's something that that is that's not taught in the education system. It's not learned. And you you go through this process. Society says you've got to go to school till you're eighteen. You've got to be in education. You then go to university. 30 to 50 grand in debt, get yourself a degree. And the reality is not many people can jump straight into a successful job or a role. You kind of back from square one, you relearn it again. You hopefully find a role in a job, in a company, build your way up the ladder. So you're 65, you know, have a, have a standard income, hopefully increase, and then you retire at 65. And you thought, well, that, that society system, the way that everyone's brought up into and believing that's what you have to do, for me, is backwards, is wrong. And I, I'd like to hear your thoughts on, you know, I know you, you towards the end, you're done, weren't you? You were done. It was tough. And you said to me, I cannot wait to be spending 12 hours a day grafting my, my bollocks off for something that is going to get me, build momentum, do something that I want to do, you know, make me money, make me happy. So, like, what are your thoughts on, if you, if you could go back, would you change anything? So the answer to that would be no. But like you were saying about how great it was for you to expose me to the businesses and for me to get involved, it was great for me because it made me realise that that's what I actually wanted to do. Yeah. And I went into university. I mean, how many times did I say to you, I, was, I thought I was going to go straight through to a PhD. Yeah. Do a PhD and stay in academia for the rest of my life. Now, doing, <laughs> I always say it, if I'm figuring out what I don't want to do, I'm one step closer to figuring out what I do want to do. And maybe doing a Cambridge degree in science was a bit of a step too far <laughs> to realise that I didn't want to be a scientist. But the life lessons that it's taught me, the fact that it's shown me how hard I can actually work to then bottle that and to put it into something that I care about 
Now, I really care about the education system. I agree with you to an extent about a lot of things that you just said. And even now to the point where I'm like, my degree rode on the six questions that were on my exam paper. Now, in three out of four of my exams, I experienced that there were six crap questions and that had the questions have been different, I would have got first, hands down, easily. But that's life and that that's one thing I really disagree with in the education system is that you can do all this work and the end result may not actually be reflective of how hard you've worked. But in terms of the education system from throughout school and throughout A-levels, I do really care about that and I do feel that I've got a lot to give back to that, which is why I started Just Work Tutoring, which is why I'm starting to document this a bit more, which is why I want to help people because I don't think it needs to be a difficult time for people and I do think... It's a bit of a game. If students learn how to play the game, they'll honestly ride through well, the what do you education think needs system. To be, do you think anything needs to be added? Um, in terms of what, what they're teaching young kids? Yeah, I would say that there's a lot of life skills and even after going through university, I've not got them. Cambridge teaches you a lot of hard, hardcore academic skills, but in terms of tax, in terms of, even social media, there's a lot to learn in terms of things that are very, very relevant in our lives. The education system doesn't teach a lot of that. No. So, so, so see me, I'm not going to do algebra ever. I'm not going to do science, whatever the hell you were writing on your thing. What I'm going to do is communicate with people. Yep. What I am going to do is understand my self-awareness, what I, what I love, what I want to achieve. Mindset is huge. You know, we'll do the eye to eye course. We're gonna get Michael Finnegan on here. They don't teach you anything like that in school about beliefs, about self esteem, about hard work. You know, like I'm sat at a desk reading off the board, listening to a teacher. Throw me in a room and say, "Speak to that kid." You know, like I, I, I would. I'm at a point now where I've got businesses and I'm working with people, and I want to surround myself with hard working, ambitious, talented people that have got that are driven that can speak with people that have got personality so i'll be honest if i was going to hire anyone to be part of my team to work on the businesses to try grow this empire that we're building the last thing that i will look for is what cambridge degree that they've got and the reality is a lot of those and i've met i've met them all i've parted with them all the 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 most smart smartest intelligent people on this planet with that the first in cambridge high scores whatever they can't string a conversation with me, you know. So I, I don't, I don't want him in my team as as much as he's, yeah. he's. Do you know what I mean? So I just think that's where it's backwards, and maybe you'll be the person to do it to to impact it, to grow, and to to develop it in a way. I don't know your thoughts, Dad, but I just I wanted to bring up this point because the journey that I've been on, and it and it does frustrate. It don't frustrate me, but I'm happy that I've put myself out there to learn about this stuff earlier in life but people don't get it until they're 48 and it's like oh and and i see talent in people i see potential in people which we've spoke about in this podcast all they need to do is fulfill that bite the bullet jump off the cliff make stuff happen every day that, that they have they're happy with that they're talented at that they love you know every, in school they're always taught to work on what you're not good at i couldn't read i wasn't good at spelling work 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 on that well i was unbelievable at speaking or sport you know in my opinion you should quadruple triple down on on the strength make it your super strength and go all in on that why do i have to spend five hours of my life a week working on my spelling or my reading because i'm not good at it. i can't read i still don't read books today i listen to them but you know it's just do you know what i mean that 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 direction of people's of lives, I just think it's backwards. Yeah, well, it's, it's interesting listening to both of you. I mean, you're using a very broad brush against an education system that I'm sure if we got somebody in here that thought the opposite, there'd be a compelling argument um, to the contrary about education. I mean, I, what I've seen in Cambridge, I do think that some of the things you're talking about are there and are readily available, but it's it, again, it's a choice, isn't it, as to whether people... Are prepared to do it. There you are. Can so, do anything in Cambridge. There, there are. I've met with Joanna. I've met geniuses who, like you say, can't really have a conversation. You know, so socially challenged. Let's yeah, say yeah, yeah. 
and you meet really social people that are probably not taking their degree seriously. So you, you've got, you know, you've got a, a broad spectrum. But you, you two in in the last twenty years are more informed about the education system than I am because I got dra- drama O level and uh, it's a good I, one though, uh, isn't it? It's incredible. It's worked so well for your vlogging. So career. Uh, you might, I know, you might find some people listening to this podcast saying I agree with you, and some people are listening to this Not podcast totally and, saying, and saying that's what you're talking about is a load of rubbish because the education system is brilliant. But it's, you know, I would just say it's your, you, both your take on, on the current I education. Think, I just think life is changing and. You know, we were talking about it on the other podcast, weren't we? Everybody's looking down. First thing you two will do when we finish this is pick your phones up, start staring at your phones. And, and, and that's yeah, but if, for me, that's an opportunity. Of course it's an opportunity, but yeah. it also it flies in the face of what you're talking about, about being social. Yeah, it? I agree, I agree. So, you know, again, it's like everything in life. There's a balance, isn't there? There, there has to be a balance. Joanna does amazingly well with everything, you know, that your tutoring that you do, you know, and a, a lot of the tutoring you do, um, just wait, tutoring. It's not plug. plug, plug. It's not just educational curriculum, is it? You do um, mindset mindset sessions with people. So, so but part of people part of people's challenge at school or anywhere else may not be their capability to read or write or add up or anything else. It's purely their attitude towards it. So yeah, Joanna yeah, yeah. sits and talks about what she's learned and what she understands and starts talking about look. Your belief system is this. That drives your attitude. If you believe you can't read, you'll always... But what is it... You, what's that thing that you... I don't know if you said it on the podcast. Is it the eagle living with the chickens or something? What's that one? That's it, yeah. So there were, there were a bald eagle born into a flock of chickens. Yeah. And he never flew because... He, 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 lo- he looked at eagles in the sky flying about thinking, oh, wow. But he was a chicken in his head. He yeah. believed he was a chicken. So, you know, it's that... That is true, and I think there's elements to it. What I would say about the whole matter and the whole direction you go in your life, what you said is finding the balance between what you're good at, what you enjoy. There's so many people listening to this that their journey, their their path is what you've done. But there's so many that you know, and there's so many that don't have a clue what they want to do. There's so many that their path will probably be more down my direction, you know. But I think self awareness is is probably the hardest thing. But the, the the key thing I would say is, you know, what would you, what would you do if you could do it all the time? And that's that's a good question to ask. And, and I think... Cut my lawn. Yours would be, <laughs> cut your lawn, play golf, wouldn't it? Play golf. Play golf. You, yeah. you could have been on the path, down the path like me. I've seen you play golf, Dad. You would, you hit the ball like a professional. You've seen him play golf. You, you and, and maybe you didn't, you thought you were a chicken. You know... <laughs> Don't know why I brought the eagle in, but maybe. <laughs> well, but maybe your beliefs at that time it was so it it didn't lead you down that path. It, it led you. As, well, it's, it's right. It's I, so, it's, I could know. be a professional golfer. Well, yeah, but I I just think just do what you love. I do what you love. Do what. You can love. we can we finish with a quick fire question round for Jordan? Let's go. Let's go. Are you no, ready? I just want to tell that story that when you threw the Powerade bottle at me. Ah, oh, oh, it's all coming out now. Smash what car window? He punched me in the stomach. So I, I, Hang on a minute, it's getting out of hand. All these things. He didn't smash a car window. No, but it would. You. So me and Joanna, like, we're the best. We're best friends, and we're business partners, and we've got a great relationship. <laughs> we used to wrestle. Oh my god! Every siblings <laughs> had the the time, but literally, you could. She was a little shit sometimes. The rage that she would have, <laughs> literally, the rage that she would have. Do you remember when you full on just slapped me? Like, oh, full on, just swung, like, sucker What punch, was that like, for? I actually went like that, and then I went... She, she, she hit me, and I went... Whoosh, like, but it's completely, out of context. Like, it's completely out of context. Joanna didn't wake up one morning and think, right, I'm going to no, go but, slap No, but what we'd do, we'd, we'd bicker, and then it one thing would lead to another. Yeah, and then I and just then got a get, bit out of She'd get rage. She'd get rage. <laughs> she fully slapped me, but then the look of fear in her face then, because she knew... He broke my jaw, I'm telling you. She pooed it, so she was like... Holy hell! I just hit Nile really hard. He's gonna, he's gonna hit me back. <laughs> Did you? So no. So what happened was she grabbed up, she bombed it down the hallway, ran away from me like, thought, oh my god, I can't deal with this. <laughs> Do you remember you ran at the bar? You put your head in your hands and like knelt down. So I was like, so I pulled the top back up and give her a handprint on a on a lower back, like slapped her hard, like it was, it was bad. Where were me and mum? 
when we're when we're doing it, we're watching. When we're just like shouting at us, and then next thing, so she's like, oh, full rage. She gets up. She's like, <laughs> <laughs> she's running over to me to lash out. She's going for the swinging hands. I just I remember I just blocked I blocked your your right arm and just went like straight in the jaw, and that were it. A back tight. <laughs> <laughs> I think I really hate your job, but that other time you threw same thing, rage launched the powerade bottle at me, and then I, I didn't even hit me, but you just cut me in the stomach. I and on, I thought I was gonna actually die. I full on proper it hard in the stomach, like hard. Now, now I was telling all these stories about you attacking him, you always seem to come off worst, yeah. Yeah, I know, honestly, I couldn't breathe, and I was like, <laughs> and then like after 15 seconds, I finally got some air in, and I was like, <laughs> and then you got shouted at. By mum. Yeah. I'm never. You see, when I'm around, none of this fighting takes place, does it? No. No. So we're scared of you. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> mum used to do the same. Like, we used to get slap bombs. Slap bombs. Mum anyway. slapped me so hard. Why you so legal now? That. Mum slapped me so hard on the leg that she walked out of the room and was like. <laughs> <laughs> her hand. Yeah, and then she hand. came back and apologised. She, she was quick, quick fire questions, Ender. So quick fire questions. You come up with some as well, and I will just come up with some. So um, quick fire questions. Favorite night out in Cambridge. Um. Sorry. Oh, I don't know. It's a quick fire. Like question. ball or like night well, out. Well, whatever you think. All right. Favorite ball. Trinity Mayball. Right. Favorite night out in Cambridge. Cindy's. Wednesday. Cin- Cindy's Wednesday. Let's be, let's be honest. <laughs> It doesn't come. Cambridge does not compare to no, the city. No, it doesn't. Like, it's not a great night out. But if you take it for what it is, then you have a fun time. Well, yeah, it's all about your attitude, isn't it? Yeah, all, all about your attitude. All about anything you regret at Cambridge. Um, no. Nothing whatsoever. You regret no. No. Okay. What do you like about Nile the most? <laughs> I like his charm. What do you do? Funny. You think I'm charming? And what yeah. do you dislike about him the most? He never replies to my WhatsApp messages ever. <laughs> Yeah, I need to get better at that. Ever. It's because you went through them on my phone the other day, I've got 134. So it's just got to the point now it's overwhelmingly bad. So I, I, so no, I he do just reply. decides to run away from it rather than facing the problem. I do reply. I finish training and I ring you. But you never answer your, that you never answer your phone. She's always in a lecture or revising the library. She, she won't answer for four hours and she's just sorry I was in the library. So there's 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 two, do you know what I mean? No, 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 no. You're losing that one. Never reply. <laughs> Favourite subject? At school was probably maths, absolutely maths. PE. I loved maths. <laughs> what, what, what about at Cambridge though? Physiology. Physiology, what's that about? Like the human Anyway, enough of that, we don't want to hear about oh, physiology. What's your favourite <laughs> night out in Leeds? It's a bit SR and B room. No, but like, what? can you remember a specific? Um, you, did you enjoy your 21st as much as I did? Because that probably I tell you which night, was, <laughs> which night was like so good. Do you remember when um, me and Catherine... Uh, gate crash the Leeds Gymnastics Club works Christmas day and like Fre- Joe Fraser and Hamish and all them were there we were in space till it closed and on one so finally then one piece of advice that you would give somebody that's going to university what would be your key piece of advice do as much as you can do as much as you can yeah like take on everything and if you decide you don't like it then don't do it but there's so much that can't not not just Cambridge, every university has to offer in terms of society, sports, clubs, etc. that you will never get access to anywhere else. Yeah. So just, I, that to be fair, going back to the regret, regret question, one thing I probably regret is the stuff that I have access to at Cambridge, the talks from incredible people, the opportunities, the stuff like that, I did not take advantage of it enough. You usually yeah. regret the things that you opportunities yeah. that you didn't yeah. I didn't take my, my advice for people going to university is um, get yourself some hydration tablets for when you get in from the night out a litre of water with two hydration will really help the hangover works every time so let's wrap it up there you it's have been it. a pleasure Joanna Joanna thank you, so thank, thank you for coming on the Neil and Nile podcast it's really words. interesting I guess this is this is um this has to be weird. It's been weird. I don't know what I'm trying to say. It's been weird to sit here with my son and daughter and have a chat on a podcast about all these things. It's an unusual experience. Did you feel like you've learned something from your kids? I did, today, yeah. Now. Well, I've sat listening to you talking about the stuff you were talking about. It was, some of it was new to me. And I, I, I am incredibly proud of you both. It's, it's amazing, isn't it, to think that from where, where we've come from, 
playing football out on Tudor Close with red and green socks on to yeah. podcasts in here where we can have a conversation and hopefully some people that are listening to it may take a couple of bits away from it. And it's been it's been brilliant. Thanks, Joanna. Thank you very much. The game. I just will say that um, we're about four podcasts in now. Might not be this might not make the cut, but we have a gym, <laughs> a gym opening in Rotherham. <laughs> this not, might not make the cut, but because I, we know we, we might not be talking about the gym coming live in Rotherham. However, right. Joanna's starting a cheerleading team. <laughs> Let's go! Cheerleading is going to be massive in Rotherham. We're going to change the game of gymnastics. We're going to come completely change the game with everything else. 2019 and 20 is going to be the year that we become millionaires, one million percent. This podcast is sponsored by NW Club, and so if you want to help us on that journey to becoming millionaires... (laughs) (laughs) It's also sponsored by the YouTube Sensation. Absolutely. That's NW Clothing. It's nwclothing.co.uk. Get your merch. It'll be linked in the notes in the podcast. You can find us anywhere, iTunes, Spotify, everywhere you go. The visuals will be on YouTube. Uh, that Make sure you follow it. Joanna on Just Work Tutoring. Yeah, just, yeah, please. Oh, just that's one last tutoring. thing. That's one last thing. Get people, parents, parents, kids, listen to this. You know, GCSEs, A levels. I would one hundred percent recommend giving Joanna a message, even if it's not to, to do a tutor for advice. But she can. I've watched a tutor to people. The mindset sessions, unbelievable, game changer. Get involved in the business. Follow, support Joanna. Love you, Jay. Thanks, Niall. I love, love you, you too. Jay. Love, love you, Dad. Love you, Dad. Love you. See you later. Yeah, bye. Bye. bye.